Hello everybody, I'm Ryan from Fireside Yankees here with Aiden and look, uh, the Yamamoto sweepstakes, I know Alex and I talked about this morning, obviously came to a conclusion, the Dodgers signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto to a 12-year, $325 million deal that's not including the posting fee, also given the $50 million signing bonus. It was, it was a very, very, very uh, pretty penny that they paid to land him, but that was what it was expected, right? You know, I did also say, you know, on that podcast in the morning, like, look, if you told me in October the Yankees made a $300 million offer for Yoshinobu Yamamoto, I would have told you, oh, okay, so he's a New York Yankee. Um, and the bidding, it just got really high, and the Yankees, you know, I don't think it's a matter of the Yankees weren't willing to go $25 million more or, you know, which would have been, what, I think like $2 million extra in terms of the AAV. I think the issue with the Yankees uh, was just that they knew that if they matched the Dodgers' offer, they still weren't going to land him, right? Like, I don't think they were under the impression that he was going to pick the Yankees over the Dodgers. And, you know, in terms of allure and all of those things, the only team that really had that kind of pull in comparison to the Yankees was the Dodgers. You know, this entire time, it was really only the Dodgers that you felt had that kind of advantage. And it proved to be the case here. Yamato, of course, grew up a Dodger fan. Uh, the Dodgers, of course, you know, adding Shohei Otani certainly uh, definitely helped in that regard. Um, but ultimately, you know, the Yankees don't come away with Yamamoto. Now, um, how, where do they go from here? You know, is this Austin failure? There's a lot of questions that are going to be flying around, um, you know, regarding what the Yankees should do, uh, what the offseason outlook is. And we're going to try to look at the three big trade candidates that are probably going to get moved this winter, that being Dylan Cease. Corbin Burns and Shane Bieber. Now, I'm saying that they're probably going to get moved, but, you know, maybe one of them gets hung on to. Maybe, like, Corbin Burns sticks with the Brewers, and maybe the White Sox don't find anything they're looking for uh, with Cease. I, I doubt that Bieber's on the Cleveland Guardians roster to open the year next year, but, you know, let's get started with, with Bieber, because I think Bieber's the one that, like, He's the one with the lowest, like, he's definitely got the lowest total value on the market. He's going to cost the least to get. He's the least expensive one. Um, you know, I think he has the highest arbitration hit. Uh, or no, excuse me, the second highest arbitration hit. But in terms of prospect capital, he's not going to take a lot to get. 3.80 ERA over 128 innings this past season. Um, one year left in his deal. Won the signing in 2020. Was, you know, consistently one of the four or five best pitchers in the American League from 2019 to 2022. Um, but then he took a step back this past season, had some elbow inflammation issues. He's at driveline working in the offseason, but Aiden, how comfortable do you feel trading for Shane Bieber? What would you offer for Shane Bieber? And, you know, not saying that what you would offer in, in the sense of to get a deal done, but more so what your top offer would be for him. And yeah, like what would your confidence meter be if the Yankees got him and where would you slide him in the rotation? Um, well, Ryan, as far as, you know, these are fallback options. These are fallback options for Yamamoto. We thought... We were going to be getting a 25-year-old ace, but now we're, you know, what's the next best thing? And because of how, you know, the pitching market on the free agent market is, you know, it's gotten a little thin. And then there's really only so many trade options out there. You know, I don't I don't think I really want Blake Snell or Montgomery on this team. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, Shane Bieber, of these three trade options that, you know, I could see the Yankees making and probably make a lot of sense i feel like shane bieber is kind of he's the low risk high reward guy but at the same time i do feel like it is a bit of a risk taking a chance on him because he's been all over the place a little bit like yeah he's had he's had those great years he had that that cy young year in 2020 he was great uh in 2022 and, it, you know, that's not to say he was bad last year. Like, his his Sierra wasn't wasn't great. You know, his FIP, I guess it could have been better. But he's just not, you know, like, he, he's still getting ground balls. 
he's just getting, you know, they're hitting the ball too hard off of him. And that's not something I like, especially in a hitter's park. Or, I mean, I don't even know if you can consider Yankees a hit, Yankee Stadium a hitting park. But, you know, that this here's the thing, though. You know there's upside there. There's a ton of upside on Shane Bieber. And he'd be working with his former pitching coach and Matt Blake. And I feel like Matt Blake could tap a lot of that upside, you know, in into you know, him as a player. Like, I feel like we could get a lot out of him because of his past history with Blake and, you know, a new change of scenery could definitely help him. But I I do really do like this option just because of what it means cost-wise. Because, listen, the Yankees gave up however many five pitchers in, or four or five pitchers in the Soto deal. And, you know, the last thing they want to do right now is give up more of that pitching depth because pitching is basically a need right now. You know, our our rotation is looking a little thin. It's it's never a good thing when you see Clayton Beater as your fifth starter on roster resource for next year. That's not what you want. I don't think Clayton Beater is really going to be a starting pitcher at the big league level. But, you know, Shane Bieber, he's not going to take a lot because he only has one year of control left because he hasn't been as good as he's been in the past and because of, you know, his injury risk. This takes maybe one top 30 prospect maybe not even it takes one top 30 prospect and maybe you know a couple flyers in there um but i just don't i i i would like this move i would like a shane bieber move um just because cost wise it's low risk high reward um but he's definitely not the prettiest option on the table in the trade market Yeah, absolutely. And this is what I'll say in terms of what I think of, you know, what I think of Shane Bieber and what I think of his profile. You know, it's not like, you know, everybody talked about the velocity decrease. That occurred between 2021 and 2022. And then in 2022, uh, 5B War, 4.8 F War, 2.88 ERA, dominated in the postseason as well. If you guys remember that game two start against the Yankees was brilliant in that outing, was brilliant in his wild card outing against the Rays. Now people could say maybe, you know, hey, uh, you know, those weren't great offenses, but, you know, the whole criticism is that he can only pitch against AL Central teams. He did take down two AL East teams, so that is something to take of note here, um, but the big thing for me that doesn't really make sense is, I mean, if you look at his the, the, his four main pitches, his fastball, cutter, slider, curveball, right? In 2022, in terms of run value, his two worst pitches, and I'm saying worst with the cutter, but it was a good pitch last year. It just wasn't as much this year. His four seamers cutter were his worst whiff pitches, were his worst pitches according to weighted on base average, were his worst pitches according to uh, average exit velocity against, I believe, were his worst pitches according to x But Just every metric across the board, run value, everything. And those are the two pitches he increased usage in. He dropped his slider usage, his best pitch last year, by roughly 9%. He dropped his curveball usage, which, you know, his curveball is an excellent pitch for him as well, by about 4%. So, I mean, I don't really, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. I don't really know what he was doing. Like, I don't know what he was doing on the mound. I don't know what, his, what the pitching coaches over there were telling him. I have no idea why he made that shift. I have no idea why he thought that shift would be a good idea. I really don't. Right? Like, I don't know why he chased fewer whiffs. And as a result, he also got hit a little, a lot harder. Not just a little bit, a lot harder. You know, like in 2022, he was able to prevent quality of contact damage a lot. He had a 369 X Wilbacon, by far the best of his career. Even better than the years when in 2020 he won the Cy Young. And in 2019, he was a top five uh, finisher for the Cy Young. Uh, and in 2021, you know, when healthy, he was still very good. Um, you know, in 2022, it was his best year in terms of quality of contact prevention. And then he shifts away from that. He goes back to more fastball usage. It just didn't make sense to me. 
Matt Blake is somebody he credits for his breakout in 2019. That was the guy who kind of pushed him to throw more curveballs. I think that that's a situation you would end up with here. And the big question for me, it's not a matter of is Shane Bieber going to be good enough? It's is he going to be healthy enough? I think health is the biggest question we all have at this point. You know, he had some elbow inflammation. He was able to return and looked good. Um, but anytime we're talking about acquiring a pitcher, and we're talking about acquiring a pitcher, you know, who has lost some velocity and acquiring a pitcher, you know, who has a lot of ending on, uh, endings under their notch or under the belt. We're talking about a guy who's going to be, you're going to be a little bit concerned about what they can give you in 2024 in terms of in, in endings. But as you mentioned, not going to cost much. I believe that on Locked On Guardians, it was reported that Bieber's was like the return to seem more like, oh, he'll be a salary dump. You know what I mean? And I like hearing that because that tells me that it's not going to cost a lot. As you mentioned, you know, maybe I'll say one top 15 guy, like not even top 15. Yeah, I'll say one top 15 guy. I'll say it's a similar package to the one that Verdugo was traded for. So, you know, I'll say like maybe it's a Brock Selvage uh, and and maybe like another arm or, or Brock Selvage and like, you know, maybe an outfield like Jay Savina, the guy we got from the uh, uh, the Brewers in that Jake Bowers deal. Uh, he's, you know, somewhere in that top 30 to 35 range. Maybe he's involved in that deal. Um, but yeah, I really don't see the Yankees trading a King's ransom for Bieber and it doesn't prevent you from doing something else. Let's say, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this right now, actually Dylan Cease, right? Like let's say Dylan Cease's trade market drops a little bit, right? You know, or maybe they're willing to take on less prospects if the Yankees were to, uh, you know, eat like Yohan Moncada's contract, which they can do that now because they didn't pay Yamamoto. And I'm not saying that say that let's go. We didn't pay Yamamoto. Now he can eat Yohan Moncada's contract, not throwing up, you know, fists and, and cheering about it. But you don't have that $30 million, so you can actually consider doing it. Um, there is a lane that's opened up for you, I guess, on the trade market. I'm, I'm using this heavy quotation marks. It is definitely a worse option than getting Yamamoto. I would rather just straight up pay money than trade prospects. But if you trade for Shane Bieber, it's not like you're trading out of that pool of prospects that would preclude you from trading from either, any of the other two guys on this list. And shifting gears a little bit here uh, to Dylan Cease... Dylan Cease is an interesting pitcher. You're going to be paying for the Cy Young year he had, or the year where he was almost the winner of the AL Cy Young in 2022, but I doubt that that's the pitcher he's going to be going forward. He lost a tick of velocity, uh, you know, this past season. The, in the implementation of the pitch clock and him losing velocity and that happening between 2022 and 2023 certainly would lead you to believe that the pitch clock is why that happened. His slider got significantly worse. His stuff plus went from 124 to 115. Fun fact, Shane Bieber had the opposite effect. He actually had a stuff plus go up a little bit. His breaking balls got better, 98 to 100 in terms of overall stuff plus. So we're talking about a guy who actually took a huge hit to their, to their arsenal. It wasn't really Shane Bieber. It was Dylan Cease, right? Now, he was still, you know, an effective pitcher in terms of making 30 starts this year. That's great, but he doesn't pitch deep enough into games for the innings to be closer to 200, right? This is more of a 160 to 170 to a maybe 180 inning guy. There are a lot of questions. The questions are plentiful, but, you know, Aiden, it doesn't take much to realize why it can be good, and, and that's the stuff. So run me through what you would give for Dylan Cease, what type of pitcher you view him as. I personally think he's like a top 20 guy. What do you view Dylan Cease as relative to other stars in the league? What are you giving up for him? All that stuff. Yeah, Dylan Cease is a really, really interesting option on this market, and I'm almost like, I'm a little shocked that you know, he's someone that we're talking about because he's just someone that I didn't think would be available heading into this offseason. But, you know, the White Sox are the White Sox. It's a really dire situation over there in the south side of Chicago. Um, but, yeah, like, he definitely dropped off um, in in the past season. Um, you know, it doesn't really seem like he has that secondary pitch anymore. Like, his secondary pitch used to be his slider and... It looks like his usage dropped a little bit, if I'm not mistaken, and the quality just wasn't there. Um, 
The good thing about him is, is his fastball velo. Like, yeah, it, it dropped down a tick, but it's still there. It's still a 96 mile per hour fastball. It's above league average, which that's something you want out of a pitcher. That's that's what you want in the modern game of baseball. Um, he's still getting whiffs. He's still getting his strikeouts. But like you said, he's he's not really getting too deep into games. And he went from having a Cy Young season in 2022 to having a pretty pretty mediocre 2023. But like you said, you're going to be paying for that Cy Young year, and you're paying for that Cy Young year because there's two mere. I I think there's two more years of control on him, which is you know. That's something you want. You want a young, controllable pitcher. Controllable pitcher. He's only 27 years old. Um, he'll be hitting free agency at age 29. Yankees, you know, if they got him, they they would, you know, be able to negotiate him with with him more. But, you know, what does it take to get him? Like like we said, you're paying for that Cy Young season. I read earlier today that John Heyman was on some kind of show, and he said it's gonna take like four top prospects, which is not something I want to do right now. I'm sure it's not something Brian Cashman and Co. wants to do right now. If that price drops, then sure. But you know, you're looking at you're giving up like a Chase Hampton, you're giving up a Will Warren or a Luis Heel. Um, you know, definitely some position like Spencer Jones, absolutely on the table if you're training for Dylan Cease. So, you know, it's gonna take a bit of a ransom. For Cease, and while I do like him, I think he would fit well with the Yankees. I I would love to see what Matt Blake could do with him in the Yankees pitching lab, but it's not really an option I'm I'm too interested in just because of the price implications. And the Yankees really aren't in the business of giving up any more prospects right now after the Juan Soto trade. Yeah, look, and I'm not gonna sit here and lie. You know, like I know that people are going to you know, say, hey, you're being awfully picky, right? Yeah, we are, because Dylan Cease is going to cost... You know, the White Sox are going to ask Brian Cashman in the first call they have. So, we expect Jason Dominguez in this deal. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. That's what that's the first thing they're going to say. And maybe that's not what it ends up taking. Maybe the Yankees negotiate a little bit down. But, you know, I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to... You know, I'm not going to dilly-dally here. Like, they're they're going to ask for that, right? They're going to ask for him and say, you know, we want him. We want Spencer Jones. We want Chase Hampton. Like, you, as you said, four guys in the top 10, right? So, to clarify, that means, you know, maybe Henry, you know, maybe it's a package of, like, Henry Lane, George Lombard Jr., Will Warren, Spencer Jones, and then, like, another guy. That's a lot. That's a ton to give up. And if I'm giving up those type of guys, I want a legitimate ace, right? Like, I want an ace. And I'm going to sound so, like a, I'm going to sound so old school right now, but I don't care. Um, Aiden, I need a guy who's giving me the sixth and seventh inning. I don't want, like, these five and dive guys are not aces. They're good pitchers. They're not aces. They're really good pitchers. They're not aces. Ace is more than just being able to put up a sub-3 ERA uh, when you pitch. It's you being able to give me 190 innings, 200 innings, you know, get me through a start, get me past the sixth inning, you know, pitch effectively, all that stuff. That's what being an ace is. That's what it is to me. So it's always going to be for me. That's what it's 100%. It's got to be that. I, I, I'm like, I'm not paying ace prices for a guy who can't do it. Like, I'm sorry. No disrespect to Dylan Cease. Look, and I'm sure he's not watching this, but if he were, it's not me disrespecting the guy, but you're, you know, when we're talking ace, you know, I'm thinking Garrett Cole, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of a guy who gets me 200 innings. I'm thinking of a guy who gets me a sub three RA. That's what I'm thinking of. And, and that's my standard. My standard for an ace is going to be really high. It has to be. That's what it has to be, right? Like that ace label is thrown out so often, right? And I just, I'm not paying ace prices for a non-ace pitcher, right? Like, 
I'm sorry. Like, it's just not happening. Even if you get two years of that pitcher, that's great. Uh, but I still have to pay him the two years of arbitration. And th- that those years are not going to come cheap. It's still going to cost something. Um, you know, and, and it's one Cy Young year. Like, it's one year where he was an elite, elite pitcher, right? I'm not saying it's not possible for him to do it again or that the Yankees can't get more out of him or that I'm going to criticize teams for chasing Dylan Cease. But what I am saying is that the Yankees are kind of, as you mentioned, they just pulled off the Soto deal. They just gutted their pitching depth. Are they in a position to do that again? Probably not. If they're not in a position to do that again, the only reason, the only way I'm considering it is if it's for a once in a lifetime opportunity. I don't view Dylan Cease as that. The whole pursuit of Yamamoto wasn't a matter of the Yankees wanted to spend $300 million on a pitcher and they just had $300 million sitting around. It was a once in a lifetime opportunity to go out and get a guy who's 25 years old and is only going to cost money. They went out for it and they tried. They tried, you know, they gave him $300 million and it just wasn't the top offer. It is what it is, right? But I'm sorry when it comes to pitchers and investing, you know, lots of financial or prospect capital into that. I need a once in a lifetime opportunity. Aiden, Carlos O'Donnell was a like sure fire, top of the rotation guy. And after year one, we're sitting here and we're talking about needing to get a number two, right? Uh, Frank Montas was acquired for that very same reason. And we're sitting here a year after that trade talking about needing a number two, right? Like, Every, the Yankees have acquired two guys to be the ba- the number two to Garrett Cole in, in the last two years. And immediately, like less than half of a year, less than a year after acquiring that player, the immediate offseason following that player's acquisition, the Yankees need to go out and find another frontline guy. Rodon is supposed to be the Montas replacement. Yamamoto's supposed to be the Rodon replacement. I'm sorry, but I'm going to be picky. Like, I think we have reserved the right to be picky. Garrett Cole has been worth everything, and that's because he's a true ace. I just don't feel that way about Dylan Cease. And I'm pivoting here, and I'm using this to pivot to the guy on this list who I think checks that box off. Deep into games. Gonna give you a lot of innings. Elite level stuff. Elite level command. uh, Great results. No questions about durability. That's Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns is fourth in innings pitched in 2021. He has a sub three ERA. He gets plenty of strikeouts. I know his numbers were a little bit down this year. His his velocity dropped by about a tick. But here's the difference, right? Like Shane Bieber dropped from Cy Young contender, like fringe Cy Young contender, wasn't in the top five in Cy Young voting, but was just pretty good, um, to a number four starter. Corbin Burns went from this guy's the undisputed best pitcher in baseball to, yeah, he's probably around the 10th best pitcher, 7th, 8th, 9th, somewhere in that range, which is still an ace. He threw 193 innings this past season, 3.39 ERA. That's an ace. Like that right there with Garrett Cole, you're you're winning. I mean, you're unbelievable, right? Like you're you're downright disgusting. You're downright gross. This is the only pitcher that's on the market who gives me the same impact for 2024 the Yamoto does. That's that's my bar, right? Like that Corbin Burns is an ace. I'll pay ace prices for it. Now, will the Yankees? I'm not sure. Will I blame them for not doing so? No, I'm not going to blame them if they don't go out and get Corbin Burns. I'm not going to sit here and say, how do you not throw gut your farm again for Corbin Burns? But what I am saying is that if the Yankees really wanted to go for it on the trade market, if they were like, we're mad that we didn't get Yamamoto, we need to angrily pivot, yeah, I would be down spending some FU prospect capital on, on Corbin Burns. Aiden, I view this guy as an ace. I view this guy as, this guy would come over and immediately be one of the two or three best pitchers in the American League. Where do you rank Corbin Burns? What do you think a package would look like? Give me your rundown on Corbin Burns. I mean, Corbin Burns is a perennial Cy Young candidate. I mean, this guy's got disgusting stuff. He's got great command. Like you said, he goes deep into innings, and that's what makes an ace. He checks off all the boxes. Um, 
I really want this guy. Honestly, honestly, I really want Corbin Burns because, and that's the spoiled Yankees fan in me. That's me being angry that we didn't end up getting Yamamoto. But, you know, he's the next best thing. If you don't get Yamamoto, Corbin Burns is right there. And one could argue Burns might be the better option than Yamamoto just because he's pitched in the league before. He's been there. He's done that. But Corbin Burns is not going to be cheap. I, I think, yes, it's going to take... A good amount of prospects but I also think it might cost less than some people think okay because he has one year of control left he's he's going to be a free agent next season I believe and um you know he's been on foul territory um uh, I have my friends over there at foul territory he's been on there more than enough times and you know basically he's he's told them he said that you know the arbitration situation with the Brewers and him has been super ugly. That's been well documented. Um, and they, in so many ways, they basically told him, like, hey, we like you. It's just not going to work out. Like, we don't have the resources. We don't have the funds. It's not within our budget to keep you around. So this is someone the Brewers are going to get rid of, whether that's this offseason or whether, whether that's at the trade deadline. The Brewers are a pretty well-run organization they're not just going to keep this guy and let him walk away. They're going to trade him for some type of prospect capital. It just depends on when. And I think, you know, I, I don't know where they would get more capital because, you know, if you're trading for him now, you're getting a full season for him. If you're trading for him at the deadline, you're not getting a full season of him. But that's when teams are desperate for pitching. Teams are always desperate for pitching every single trade deadline. And, you know, I feel like his name was floated out out a little bit this past year, but Ryan, it's going to take a couple top 10s. It's going to take a couple top 30s. I think, you know, uh, I think it takes like a three-player package for Corbin Burns, maybe four. Uh, you know, I, I think a headliner would be like Spencer Jones. You put uh, maybe a Chase Hampton in there too. Like, it, that that's, that's what this guy is. He's a top-of-the-line pitcher. He's a perennial Cy Young candidate. He's always going in deep into games. And what I love about him so much, Ryan, is he has one of the best cutters this league has ever seen. And who do we know that likes cutters? Matt Blake. Matt Blake and the Yankees love cutters. So, like, honestly, it's a perfect fit. It's just about how much the Yankees are willing to give up and how much the Brewers are asking. And the Brewers have every reason to ask for a pretty high price for this guy. Um, I really want him. I really do. His walk rates are there. His strikeout rates are there. His ground ball rate is there. He doesn't give up hard contact. I love him, but realistically, I I don't re really see it happening. But, you know, in the next couple weeks, if we hear that there's some interest from the Yankees, then we can start, you know, getting more excited about that. But as of right now, I sadly do not see it happening. I more see the Yankees taking some kind of reclamation project like a Shane Bieber or even, you know, even if you consider Dylan Cease a reclamation project. Um, but I they're going to be taking a flyer on someone this year. I don't think they're going to go out and trade or sign an ace. You know, Blake Snell, Montgomery, I don't think that's really on the table. Um, but yeah, the Burns, as far as Burns goes, wish it would happen, but don't see it happening. Yeah, so um, I, I agree. I don't see it happening. But I will say that if the Yankees wanted to make an offer, I think they could make an attractive one. 
if we're looking at what the Brewers need, a lot of it is in the infield. Um, you know, yes, they could use an outfielder like anybody. They, they don't have a lot of good position players. But you have Chirillo and Yelich on big-time deals. You imagine, like, one of Garrett Mitchell or Sal Freelich will fill in for them in the outfield as well. They also have Joey Weimer. Um, I'm not sure how confident they are in Weimer as a full-time outfielder, but those are three guys who are young and outfielders. But look at that infield. Adamus looks like he won't be here next year. Basically, if they trade Burns, you're probably dealing Adamus. Bryce Terang, uh, you know, Andrew Monastar, Monastar, Monas, I'm not going to be able to pronounce the last name. I, I apologize, but I'm not going to be able to. Bad at last names. Uh, Jake Bowers is the first baseman, our, our old friend of, of the pod, or not of the pod, but, you know, deep down in my heart, he's my friend. I, he, I may not be his. Um, but, you know, looking at the infield, they need help there. And I think the Yankees can provide some insurance. Now, I know Oswald Peraz is kind of like, I don't know if he's damaged goods at this point, but it's just more like, eh. Like, I wouldn't be, like, I, I, I think he's the type of prospect that different teams have different perspectives on him or different, like, I guess, price points and his value, whatever it may be. But he is a good defensive shortstop. We know that. Like, he's a good defensive shortstop. Should be able to, like, be even, like, a 90 WRC plus hitter with good defense and speed. You'll take that if you're the Brewers. I think you do something. This is kind of a little slimy here. I don't, I know, like, you are trading a guy you just traded for. Jorbit Vivas. He is a guy who is in the top 10 of their organization. He kind of qualifies as that, like, fringe top 10 prospect in the organization. They need infield help. Like, I just mentioned Bryce Terang and Andrew Monastar. I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. I'm not going to pronounce it. Just Andrew Andrew M. Andrew M. I, I'm sorry, Andrew. Um, he's their third baseman. He's 26 years old and has a career 88 WRC plus in the majors, right? Like, this guy is not a... a he's a he's a journeyman type player. That's the type of player you have here. Um, that's a player you can easily, you know, improve upon, you know, with a guy like, you know, with a guy like Vivas, right? Um, and then I think you throw in Ben Rice and a pitcher. Now... I know Ben Rice, obviously, like, really good player in this organization offensively, but I don't think I'm going to lose sleep over losing Ben Rice if I'm getting Corbin Burns. You slot him in at first base, uh, that would help them a lot. Like, that infield now gets a lot better for the future and for the present. And then maybe throw a pitcher like Clark Schmidt in there. I know you're giving up Clark Schmidt, but you're getting Corbin Burns, so, like, eh, who really cares? Uh, you know, Will Warren could probably fill in that role of, like, you know, be a back-end guy. Um, if you want to sign Montas to, like, even, like, round out your depth even more, go ahead. Right? Like, now you have a really good rotation. You have Cole, Burns, Rodon, Cortez, Montas. Like, that rocks. Your bullpen's in good shape. You probably have Will Warren and Luis Gil as, like, your swing guys. Then you have, you know, Efros, Hamilton, Gonzalez, um, Luizaga, Canley, Holmes. That's your eight guys in your bullpen. Obviously, Marnacho can fill in at any point in time if you need to. Clayton Beater's on the 40-man roster. Um, George Gomez is on the 40-man roster. Those are, like, your three immediate. Like, if anybody gets hurt, those three guys come up. That's a good situation to be in. Aiden, I think we're talking about, like, that's a team that that's a team that goes out and, like, that's a team I think that goes out and wins the World Series type beat, right? Like, that team is freaking good. That team is freaking stacked. Now, there are still questions, right? Like, again, a lot of this episode, and, and I, I want to finish on this point, too, and I want to hit, at it, hit on it at some point. A lot of this depends on Carlos Rodon. And Sam, uh, you know, our guy who does all of our TikToks and everything like that, he's on some pods, doing some lives, great, uh, does all of that stuff. Awesome for that. Um, he talked, he, he released a, a short today that I want people to check out. Um, but he had talked about, like, Rodon was paid $162 million to be the pitcher we're talking about acquiring right now. That's what he was paid to be. We need him to be that regardless of who we acquire and look maybe if you get Corbin Burns there's less pressure for that to happen but as we alluded to just now it's not happening most likely like I'd put the odds of the Yankees getting Corbin Burns at like 10 to 15 percent and that's I think being a little generous right it's a little bit of Yankee bias in there um but 
end of the day, unless you're getting Corbin Burns, even if you get a Dylan Cease, which again, if, you don't, if you're not getting Burns, you're probably not getting Cease. And even if you get a Shane Bieber and Shane Bieber bounces back or whatever, it all kind of starts and stops with Carlos Rodon. How good Carlos Rodon is kind of defines this entire team next year. If he's what he was in 2022, this team's going to win a crap ton of games. This team's going to win 100 games if he's that, that type of pitcher. With Garrett Cole at the top of rotation, you know, with the amount of lottery tickets you have in, in the rest of your rotation, you probably fill out some re- some spots there as well. They have what they need in, in terms of, like, the guys internally to at least build the foundation of a rotation. We're just looking to, find, you know, add those polishing touches touches to round it out and give them depth. But at the end of the day, like, Aiden, Rodon has to be better next year. Like, he, there's no excuses for it. Like, he, he has to be that guy next year i'm tired of like every single time we acquire a pitcher like that we have to go out and get a different one i mean look at sonny gray we acquired sonny gray to be that guy then we had to pivot and find a new one in J. hap he failed to be that guy in 2019 and we didn't even find anybody else to do that at the deadline right so we need to like at some point we need to hit on our guy we need to hit on our guy we need to hit on you know the guy we're going out and making that type of financial investment for because, I mean, let's be real here, and I, I know this is kind of like, I don't want to put this blame on him, because at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, ownership and management and everything. The reason the Yankees didn't give Yoshinobu Yamamoto $325 million or $350 million, or were less inclined to do so, is because they have Carlos Rodon on their payroll. Carlos Rodon was not on their payroll. I, I don't know if I'd say he would be a Yankee, um, but I would say that there's a chance that the Yankees would have had to edge financially. Um, and, and that, that lies squarely on Carlos Rodon's shoulders, right? Like that right there, like you, we talked about this with Stanton, the reason Bryce Harper's not a New York Yankees because John Carlos Stanton was traded for. You don't want to be, you don't want that on your ledger. Like, I'm not saying that should be blamed on Rodon, but that's what fans are going to do. That's exactly what's going to happen, right? That's exactly where your brain's going to go. It's going to go to, if only we didn't sign Rodon, this entire off season, this entire core, everything could hinge on that. I mean, if we didn't trade for John Carl Stanton is the biggest what if of the Baby Bomber era, by far. It's not, what if, you know, Gary Sanchez stayed productive? What if Miguel Duhar never got hurt? What if, uh, you know, Sonny Gray panned out? It is the one question of what if we didn't trade for John Carlos Stanton? And at least he had a couple of really good years here. Rodon's yet to do that. So a lot of this does right on him. And I don't mean to, you know, be, I don't want to like sit here and call him a bust already, but it's looking not good. So Aiden, I don't know if you have any final remarks, anything you want to add on before we wrap up? Yeah, no, I completely agree. A lot of next season hinges on how well Carlos Rodon pitches and how well our kids are, the kids are going to play, how well the rookies play. I mean, it, as it stands right now, it looks like the Yankees are going to have one or two rookies making a good amount of starts next season. So guys like Will Warren, uh, even Luis Heal, I think he's going to he's in for a pretty big comeback if he figures out his command. Guys like that need to perform. Austin Wells, he needs to perform. Anthony Volpe needs to take that step. But, you know, Carlos Rodon, you're getting paid a lot of money and you got to pay up to that standard. And, you know, I, I think, like you said, the reason we were in the market for a guy like Yoshinobu Yamamoto wasn't just because it was super opportunistic, okay? I'll say that. Part of the reason the Yankees were so in on this guy is because it's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunity that you get a guy that's 25 years old with ace-caliber stuff, potential, on the open market like that. And because they lost out... We all feel like right now we have to go out and get an ace when it's like we might have an ace caliber guy in our rotation right now. He just had a bad 2023. Like 
Carlos Rodon's stuff is still there. All the all the movement, all the break, all the RPMs, they're still there. The guy just kind of had no idea where the ball was going when it was coming out of his hand. And that's not exactly surprising considering he was coming off of a forearm injury. When, when guys are coming off of arm injuries, pitchers, you know, they're always coming off of arm injuries. Their command isn't going to 100% be there. But, you know, if Rodon's putting in the work this offseason, if he's talking to Matt Blake, you know, as much as he should, he's putting in the work. I feel like we could see a good season out of him. I don't think we're going to get like 2022 levels where he was, you know, kind of a Cy Young candidate. I think we get, you know, what I'm asking from him is a sub 3.3 ERA. I'm so okay with that. You just want him to play up to his pay grade. But, you know, Ryan, we sat here and we talked about these these three options on the trade market. We talked about how... You know, we don't really have interest in signing a guy like Snell or Montgomery because it sounds like the same old song again. It sounds like Carlos Rodon. It sounds like Frankie Montas. It sounds like Paxton, J.A. Happ, Sonny Gray. That's the thing. The Yankees need to start hitting on guys. And if they're not going to start hitting on guys, then these young guys in the farm, this pitching lab that they apparently have in the farm, it needs to live up to the hype. It needs to perform. We need to see results at the big league level. And... I think it can, okay? You know, as as bad of starts that, you know, Randy Vasquez and Brito did have last year, they had some really great starts too, and they showed a lot of promise out of the bullpen. And that was a product of the Yankees pitching development. And because of that, and because, you know, they, they found something in Michael King, they tapped into his upside and realized that he can be a quality starting pitcher, that's the reason we have the modern day Ted Williams on our team right now. So... That's what we need. Honestly, our season next year is not riding on, you know, the bottom half of our lineup. Well, yes, it's riding on the performance of Austin Wells, the step of Anthony Volpe. What I think this team is really relying on, if they really want to win a lot of games, if they want to get past 100 wins again, Carlos Rodon needs to perform at least near his pay grade. And the guys at the bottom of the rotation in Montas and the two rookies like Will Warren, whether it be Luis Heal... Clayton Beater, or maybe if Chase Hampton's ready, those guys need to perform, and that's what takes the Yankees to the next step next year. I 100% agree, and you mentioned James Paxton in there. James Paxton had 83 yard minus for the Yankees in 2019. He might be the Yankees' last, like, real, like, they went out, they acquired him, even though he wasn't, uh, he did nothing in 2020 for the Yankees. I, I don't even want to, like, even try to sugarcoat it. He was downright awful for them. He didn't really pitch, but that was the last time they got big-time value from an, a pitching acquisition they made outside of Garrett Cole, right? It's Garrett Cole and James Paxton, right? Like, those are the two big ones. Um, they have to hit on this one. Like, they have to hit on their next one. Or Rodon has to be that guy. Like, it's it's that simple. I actually think Rodon and, and Paxton comp very similarly because, you know, we're looking at pitchers who have injury concerns and have can kind of just be very volatile year to year because of it, but the stuff is good. I'm going to bank on anybody with elite-level stuff, and I think Rodon's got it. Um, and, you know, I, I think that there are going to be some things that Rodon can work on um, and, and, you know, improve upon. The thing I would immediately say, and I know it's going to be, you know, I'm not saying it's not source or anything. I'm just guessing, you know, the thing I would a little bit, you know, look at is, you know, maybe a cutter, right? Like maybe a cutter would be kind of, you know, that would be kind of sick. I'm not going to like, everyone wants to develop the changeup. Don't see it happening. I think it's a cutter. I think it's a cutter all day, every day. Give me a cut. Give me Rodon fastball slider cutter ever, in 2024 and right to the sun. 
Um, but look, I, I'm going to be a believer in Rodon uh, for next year, but I do want to, I did want to emphasize that a lot of this rides on him. But with that being said, let us know what you guys think in the comment section below. You know, Bieber, Cease, Burns, or maybe you got somebody else, or maybe you just don't want them to add anybody. I don't know. Maybe you just think like Will Warren's going to win Cy Young, which, hey, not a bad, I, I, I'll, I'll definitely defend that take. Uh, but with that being said, let us know what you guys think in the comment section below. You guys can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and of course, this YouTube page. I know I mentioned Sam on the TikToks. Aiden also handles a lot of our TikToks and TikToks talks and socials as well so make sure you guys check those out uh, my hands are very clean on that regard i am not i do not have the editing skills or prowess to handle that um but you know i'll, I'll just edit this podcast snip out the beginning snip out the end and pop pump it down call it an editing job but with that being said uh you know we'll see you guys in the next one enjoy the rest of your day and uh peace out yankee fans